Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. like to welcome those watching uh, by the live stream. I can tell by a lot of the response to uh, some of our services that we have quite an audience over there in uh, central uh, India in the Nagpur area. We want to welcome all of you. We're just so thankful that you're watching. We're just excited for your hunger and thirst for more of God. And you know the light that's shining in your midst is getting brighter and more and more people are coming to that light we're so thankful for you and all that you're doing for the kingdom of God hallelujah you guys are a blessing amen so let's get into the word tonight we're just uh, looks like we're gonna tie up some loose ends maybe maybe we'll maybe start some new loose ends not sure get your Bibles out We're going to get into our subject matter tonight. This is a continuation from last week. The title of the service is Being Led by the Love of God. And so let's uh, get in there, get our Bibles open. Let's let's trust him for revelation tonight. Let's trust him for utterance. Father, we, we pause right now and consider how wonderful this book is. You have breathed your life your very nature into this book. And as we hear the words that you have spoken through the prophets and those that you have used to pen your breath, we thank you, Lord, as we esteem them from you, as we reverence them, as we bow what we know and what we want to what you say in the word of God. I thank you that you have a greater place in our life and your power is loosed and made available to us as we begin to act out what we see from the Word of God. We trust you for utterance. We trust you for ears that hear. And Lord, I say each one of us, whether we're here in person or watching on the video, that we will hear what we need to hear by the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's get started tonight. First and foremost, we made this statement last week, and we need to make it again tonight, that it is the will of God to lead, to guide, and to direct every believer. Let me say that again. It's the perfect will of God that we would be led and directed in every decision that we make. It's his will. And he placed the one to guide us inside of our very being. I guess you could kind of say that he's downloaded a GPS through the person, the person, the, the God in his spirit inside of us. You know, the Holy Spirit is, is not simply a force or a, 
or a tangible source of power. It's a divine person. He is a divine person. And as we get to know him better, we'll commune with him. We'll talk with him, and he'll talk back. And uh, he has a personality, and uh, I'm telling you, he's also got a sense of humor. And so, on a God level, a humor on the level of God. And it's just wonderful to get to know him day by day. Amen. So how do you know it's the will of God for each one of us to be led by God? Because he says in Romans 8, 14, that the sons or children or those who are born of God, that would be you and I, the New Testament believer, shall be led or directed or guided by whom? By whom? The Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We talked about two ways that the Holy Spirit directs us. The first way most people think that, that this is the only way he leads and when we come up to a particular situation that we don't know what to do and we begin to ask him for direction, we're looking for him to communicate to us what we should do. We're asking him to give us direction as to what to do or what not to do. For example, do I buy this car? Do I marry this woman? Do I take this job? Those kind of questions that you can't necessarily find precisely an answer to that from the Word of God. And so this is kind of a time that we ask him to lead us when we come up to a decision. But he also leads us every day through the Word of God. Understand that the Holy Spirit is the author of this book. And when you and I follow this book through the knowledge that we have, that's him leading us. So the second way is to know what to do throughout the day by being led by what we already know from the Word of God and also from the nature of God. See, the nature of God is love. And a lot of times when we get into a situation and we become emotional and we're trying to figure out what to do, all we have to do is consider God's nature. And how would God respond to that? You know, it's interesting. There was this, this uh, saying, I guess it, yeah, I guess you could call it a saying, that, that was out, oh my goodness, it could be two decades ago. And... Uh, <laughs> every night I make sure, or every day that I preach, you realize how of an antique I am. But uh, I don't know if you remember this, but there was this saying out there, what would Jesus do? In fact, they broke it down into initials. What was it, WWJD? What would Jesus do? And when I first heard about it and people saying that, I'm going, man, that's really corny. But you know, if I would just consider in every decision that I have to make, if Jesus was here and this is his decision, what would he do? I think it's awesome if you look at it that way. And as you and I begin to learn how to follow 
his instructions on how to treat our wife, how to treat our children, how to treat our boss, how to treat one another. When we begin to adhere to that and follow that, now we're walking as Jesus on the Come earth. On. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. And you're being led in the direction of God's perfect will. So once we recognize what we should do in any given situation, whether it be a knowledge that we have of the Word of God or the knowledge we have of the nature of God, then we have to make a choice whether we're going to follow it or not follow it. When we do follow it, we can be assured that we are following the leading of God. The Holy Spirit. Amen. And the more we do that, the more we practice that, then we're going to recognize his witness on the inside. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. He'll begin bearing witness with our spirit by reminding us of what the Word of God says. And when we begin to hear that communication, that direction, then we'll begin to recognize it on, do I need to take this job? Amen. Come on. Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Amen. Amen. Some of the most important decisions that my wife and I have made in our walk with the Lord, and this is starting out moments after I was saved. Amen. Come on. Moments after I was saved. I knew that I, was, I wasn't going to drink anymore. I knew I wasn't going to do drugs anymore. I knew I wasn't going to run around anymore. Amen. How did I know that? Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. And I had little or no Understanding of the Word of God, but I just knew in my spirit, by the Spirit of God, what I was to put down and what I was to put up. He directed me uh, to marry this woman. I asked him. He told me. I followed him. I found out about the call to ministry by an inward witness. I found out that I was to go to Rhema Bible Training Center by an inner witness. I knew after graduating that I was to come back to Berthud, Colorado. Amen. Hallelujah. I knew by the Spirit of God, by a witness, to buy 60 acres to build a church on. Not knowing how he would supply. But we're just following him. He showed us which building to build, <clears throat> how to lay out the plans, everything. We, step by step, he was leading us by his spirit. Amen. Amen? And that's his will for each one of us. Now, I mentioned several times that we, can, we, we need to follow the nature of God in our decisions. Is, is it the nature of God that I'm following right now or am I following the nature of my flesh? Go on over to John 13, 34. This is a command that we're to follow. And in following this command, we're being led by the Spirit. Thus, the title of this teaching, being led by the love of God. 
Look what Jesus says. He says, I'm going to give you a new commandment. He says that you are to love one another. Do what? Love one another. And then he clarifies how to love one another as I have loved you. That you also would love one another. Notice he tells us exactly how to fulfill this commandment of love. Is that we're to treat others the same way that Jesus treated us. Amen. Love others as I have loved you. Now, I'm going to make a statement here, and in my own humble opinion, I believe it's worth consideration. This is something the Lord showed me, oh my goodness, maybe 10 or 12 years ago. L listen to this. We cannot love others like Jesus until we accept and rejoice in the love that Jesus has already given us. Amen. Come on. We can say it another way. You can't love others until you have been loved. That's true. Thank you, Jesus. See, a lot of people are not real good in relationships. Come on. People around us. Mm -hmm. They're just not really good with relationships. Why? Well, there's a possibility that they don't even know what love is. They've never been loved. Come on. Amen. That's good. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So when he begins to say, love one another as I have loved you, we've got to identify how he loved us so we know how to love one another. Right there was worth you guys coming out tonight and combing your hair. You know, it was, is, you know that right there comes back to that the WW JD is it boy see I'm learning already do you see how this is going this is going good hallelujah I want you going over to first John that's the first epistle of John there at the back end of the New Testament and I'm going to read from the living Bible. We'll do it from projection first. He that loveth, or excuse me, I should say it this way. He that loveth not, he who doesn't love, he doesn't know God. For God is love. I like what the, the living says here. But if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God. For God is love. You could read this scripture this way. If a person isn't loving and kind... <clears throat> It shows that he doesn't remember the love he's already received from God. Amen. 
So how did God love us through his son Jesus? Going over to Colossians. So we're going to take some time here to recognize the love that you and I have already received. Remember, you can't love another with the God kind of love until you receive his love and then begin to recognize his love. Therefore, begin to walk in his love. Colossians 1.14. Here's one of those in him scriptures. There's about 145 of them. And just recently, the Lord challenged me to look up every one of them and put them in the word processor so I could access them. So in whom is talking about you? You and I are in whom or in Christ. This is being spiritually baptized into Christ when we accepted him as our Savior. And we became a part of his body and we received a new birth and also received his nature on the inside. He says that in whom we have something. What do we have? We have redemption through his blood. And then it says, we have the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of what? Now understand that forgiveness is God paying a debt that he didn't owe. When you forgive somebody, you're paying the debt they owe you. Right? They've they done you wrong. You forgive them. You're releasing them of that debt. And then what they did is now removed. Amen. When you and I were forgiven, God, through Jesus Christ, through his blood, paid the debt that we owed. Amen. Because we were lost in our trespasses and sins. The sin of our father... Adam became our sin condition <clears throat> and we were separated from God for all have sinned and fallen short of God so we had a debt to pay God and he decided to forgive us he decided to pay for that debt and then remove it Amen. that's in a nutshell what forgiveness is and here in this verse 14 is showing that we're the recipient of forgiveness. We're a re we have been received someone else paying a debt that we couldn't pay. Paying for something that we, we were not able to pay for. Now, forgiveness is the ex greatest expression of God's love. Amen. Now, what we find very quickly in the New Testament as we read about God's love, God's love is not an emotion, it's an action word. God's love is always demonstrated towards other people. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> doing doing things for others that they have not deserved or earned. That's it. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. That's true. Yes. And so forgiveness is an expression 
is a manifestation of God's love. Look over here at when God loved us in terms of who you and I were when this, when our God expressed his love towards us. Go on over to Romans chapter 5. You know, sometimes we need to reverse engineer things. What do you mean reverse engineer? Well, you take something that's already there and you take it apart to see how it was built. You, you reverse engineer it. Jesus tells us that you and I are to love one another as I have loved you. So how do I love like Jesus loved? Well, I need to reverse engineer it. Come on. I need to take that apart on what I have to do and find out how God did it. Yes. How did God love so I can see how I can love? I reverse engineer it. Come on. And when I follow his pattern of how to, now I am walking in his love. Interesting story about that reverse engineering that I wish I had time to tell you. <laughs> I might tell Peter later, but you guys, you're out. <laughs> All right, here we go. Now, what did I look like before God decided to love me? Yeah, my wife's already giggling. She knows it wasn't pretty, <laughs> right, because she's lived it. But so did God. Look here. This is what I look like. Romans 5, 8. It says that God commended his love towards Bruce in that, at that time, while I was yet a sinner. Amen. Come on. Come on. So when I was at my worst, God gave me his best. Great bumper sticker. When I was at my worst, God gave me his best. Hallelujah. So understand that God's love has the ability to overlook the recipient who is receiving the love. Amen. Let's read that from the living. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Amen. Wow. That's good. See, we're reverse engineering this. We're seeing how what it means to love like Jesus loved. So we're taking this apart when he's telling us to love others. We, we got to see whom he loved. Well, he, he loved the undeserving. Come on. Come on. He, he loved those that didn't earn his love. Yes. 
Now, what we're talking about right now is an important key to walking in the God kind of love. First, you and I need to embrace we being recipients of God's love in a time that we didn't deserve or earn it. Because I'm telling you the truth, and you know this already, everyone that were to love doesn't deserve it either. Come on. Amen. 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 So, Jesus never asked us to forgive somebody because you like them, because you love them, or because they deserve it. Come on, amen. Amen. That's good. Now, many of you tonight have already thought about a person that you've been challenged to love. And it could be somebody who's already dead. Could be an abusive parent. Could be someone who violated you. Could be somebody who took advantage of you. And hey, we all got that guy in our life. Come on. Amen. Amen. I said we all have that. Because we're living in a fallen world. And we have an enemy that's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And many times he use, uses people in our life to do his handiwork. Yes. Amen. And that's why God gave us Jesus. That's it. Amen. Amen. Look over here in 1 John chapter 6, verse 14. First John chapter 4, verse 16. I'll say it again so I get it right at least twice. First John 4, verse 16. What are we talking about? We're going to be asked to forgive those that don't deserve it, even those that may have hurt us violated us, took advantage of us. And we know and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love. And he who abides in this love, or he who utilizes and shows forth this love abides in God and God in him. Now it says something very powerful in the 19th verse of this same opening. I'm reading from the New King James. Just drop down to the 19th verse. From that opening it says that we love we love who we love God Amen. why do we love God 
because he first loved us. We have the ability to love because we've already been loved. Not only have we experienced his love, which has benefited us in a way that we can't even number the blessings he's given us through the new birth. Because it's something that's going to bless us for all eternity. And there's some blessings that we now have that are somewhere in our future after we leave this ball of dirt. And we're going to be living in his love for all eternity. And so we love him because he loved us. Right? So we have the ability now to love others. Why? We've already been loved. Now let's get back to this debt thing that was paid. How would you feel if somebody comes up to you and says, how much debt do you owe? And you go, well, I got the house, I got the car, I got the, the, you know, the, the, you know, my college education bill, my, my, my bill on my education, and, you know, I, I got this over here, that all these credit cards and, and, and all this stuff. He goes, uh, well, you know what? I'm just going to pay it all off for you. No strings attached. Kind of sounds like a jubilee, doesn't it? And wipes it out. How would you feel about that person afterwards? You think you'd talk about him a little bit, you know, with other people? Man, this guy, you you have any idea what he's done for me? So we love him because he first loved us. Oh, come on, that's good. Y- do you see why? Yes. We, we had a tremendous debt. Mm-hmm. And he did what? Took care of it. Took care of it. That's good. So good. Now, there's no strings attached because it's an act of grace. You and I don't have to do anything to reciprocate what he did for us. Amen. But what kind of person would I be if I, was, I did that? Come on. It's pretty sobering, isn't it? Yes, it is. Amen. So when Jesus asks me to love others how he's loved me, that doesn't seem unreasonable, does it? Uh-uh. Come on. No. What did he do for me? Wipe the slate clean. Amen. Amen, amen. We, we've got a story in the Bible that really capsulizes 
what we're saying here tonight. Matthew chapter 18. Trying really hard to get it right, Sharon. Matthew 18, 23. I'm actually putting on my thinking cap. Every one of us, we know this story. But have we put it into perspective in terms of our personal life? And if we were in this story, if this is talking about me. Now, I'm going to be reading from the living, because it's not as wordy and King James-ish from the overhead projection. So I'm just going to start going down through it, Sharon. So if you can't follow it, don't worry about it, okay? Because I want these guys listening anyway. Are you ready for this testimony? Now notice how this, how this begins. It says the kingdom of heaven, and you know using the word kingdom of heaven and kingdom of God are interchangeable. He says it can be compared to a king. So this is the father God. Who decided to bring his accounts up to date. In the process, one of his debtors, this is someone that owed him, was brought to him that owed $10 million. Says in verse 25 that he couldn't pay it. So the king ordered him sold. Ordered him sold for the debt. Also his wife and children and everything that he had. It's pretty harsh. Verse 26, it says that this man fell down before the king. His face in the dust and said, Oh, sir, be patient with me and I will pay it all. How many of you know that it's obvious that he couldn't have paid $10 million? Any more that if you had a, a debt load on you right now of $10 million, you think you could get that paid for what life you have left? Let me say it this way. I couldn't pay it. Then the king was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave. That means he released or erased the debt. Ten million. But when the man left the king, he went to a man who owed him $2,000, grabbed him by the throat, and demanded instant payment. The man fell down before him and begged him to give him a little time. Be patient, and I'll pay it all, he pled. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and jailed until the debt would be paid in full. <clears throat> Then the man's friends went to the king and told him what had happened. And the king called him 
before the man he had forgiven and said, okay, we don't have any young children here. Okay, we got adults, good. It gets a little rough here. You evil-hearted wrench. Ouch. <coughs> Excuse me. Here I forgave you all that tremendous debt just because you asked me. Shouldn't you have mercy on others? Just as I had mercy on you. Then the angry king sent the man to the torture chamber until he had paid every last penny due. Now, verse 35 is the therefore and begins to relate it to you and I and makes it very, very personal. Verse 35 so shall my heavenly Father do to you if you refuse to truly forgive your brothers. You see, this man, even though he was forgiven of a huge debt, didn't have the same mercy on those that owed him a lesser debt. Now, what if this man had considered what the king had forgiven him of? See, every one of us hits a speed bump when we need to love someone who is unlovable. Amen. Come on. Come on. Amen. Come on. Do that. What if this man had began to think about the $10 million that was just erased from his debt. You think that would have began to, remember, we're to love others as we have been loved. Yes. Come on. Amen. You think that might help us to follow the leading of love in terms of forgiving the unlovable? I, I trust it would. I trust it would. Had this man considered the forgiveness and mercy he had received, it would have been a natural reaction to do the same to those that owed him. Now, in forgiving those of the debt they owe us through forgiveness, we're not trying to repay God. Because he freely gave us forgiveness. And nor are we trying to manipulate the one in whom we're forgiving. Come on. Amen. Amen. That's good. After they're forgiven, they owe you nothing. That's it. Amen. 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 Yep. We've got to take it out of the terms of the world and the way the world treats one another and put it in the realm of God's kingdom. Yes. Right? That's good, yes. How we live is completely different. So believers, you and I, 
We need to pay the debt of others. Just like God did when he paid for us. Now, I don't want to say that you and I are obligated. In terms of legally. But I think we're obligated morally. One more scripture. Can you take it? Matthew chapter 8. Matthew, even when I was looking right at it, Sharon, I said a different number. See who you're dealing with here? Matthew chapter 10. I was looking right out, one zero and said eight. Matthew 10, verse 8. How many of you love your pastor? Yeah, he's just like you. I'm not perfect. Now look at this, this moral obligation I want you to see. Freely. What, what, what was the price that we paid for redemption, for forgiveness, of being a recipient of God's love? It says, freely you have what? Received. Did he charge us? Did he send a bill in the mail? Did, were any strings attached? That's why I get so irritated when people malign and say untruths about our God. And I know they say it many times unknowingly. <coughs> but it does stir up my righteous indignation. Yes. Amen. Look at this. Freely you have what? What did you freely receive? Forgiveness? I mean, the list, I, I, we could be here for a week and not name everything that we have freely received from him. Amen. Therefore, since it's been given to us, we're now a steward of it. Amen. And that's why he says, <coughs> freely you have what? Received. That's past tense. Amen. Here comes future tense freely give amen, amen. Yes. you see we can love others when we accept and rejoice in the love that we've been given yes. and it's a small thing mm -hmm. Come on. it's Come on. a small thing to forgive somebody yep. it really is it's a amen. small thing amen. in terms of what we have in the kingdom mm -hmm. <clears throat> Remembering this, <coughs> thank you, it will help us to be led to love and to forgive the unloved one. Amen. Remember, we're talking about being led by love. Amen. Come on. Look for opportunities to freely give. Yes. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we thank you so much.